0: the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Feels a little strange to be up here. And I think this is probably one of the few times I've ever been nervous to be up here, actually. I don't know why being gone for so long <laughs> makes me feel that way, but um, I had to go downstairs and get a little something to eat just to sort of settle my stomach. <laughs> so... um yeah. Anyway, it's good to be here. Good to be back and to be visited with some of you in the last week or so. Um, uh, let me let me lay out a little bit of order what I want to do here. Um, first thing I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take probably 10 or 15 minutes and share about what work I'm doing uh, there in Israel. During that time, because of Uh, Cam's policy to not post some of this stuff on the internet, Uh, we're actually going to cut the video and the recording for those that are listening in, and it will come back on eventually, I'm sure. Uh, Then following that, I will share a message from, I think, from the Lord, something he's been speaking to me about. Um, Randall uh, gave you a good foundation for what I was going to talk about, so... Maybe it won't go too long. Then. Um, let's have a word of prayer before I start. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we can gather together to worship, to praise you. We can hear from your word, Father, and those seeds can be planted in the soil of our hearts. Pray, Father, that your word produce fruit in our lives also pray as I share about the work that uh, we could see the needs of people around us, not just the needs of the people where I'm serving, but the needs of the people here. May that you do a work in each of our lives this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Scientists who've studied that you cannot actually multitask, what you do is you switch back and forth between them very quickly, and so you never actually focus on either one. So if you're trying to read while I'm reading, you're not hearing or reading hardly because you're doing both. Anyway, just a side note, if you want to listen, then I'll tell you where I'm reading uh, when I finish. All right, so the background of this story. uh, Jesus came into the synagogue. He healed a man with a withered hand. Um, It is believed that that happened in Capernaum which you might have seen pictures from when Larry was showing his slides. It's uh, There's a synagogue they've set back up there that um, is over top of one that would have been thought to have been the one that Jesus taught in and healed the man with the withered hand. He then withdrew with his disciples and many people, after hearing what he had done, came from far and wide. Um, I think it lists Tyre and Sidon, which is clear over on the Uh, on the Mediterranean Sea, who would actually be in modern-day Lebanon right now. People came from as far as that to hear him uh, because of what they had been hearing about him. Uh, He then, this is all in Mark chapter 3, then he he ordains the Twelve. He gives them power. uh, And he, at the very end of that, there's the interesting interaction where he says that his family is those who do the will of God. And that's a very, very interesting thing to study out. But this next passage, then, the parable of the sower, we studied through it in, uh, I think it was in December this past year, our little congregation there. There's five families. And uh, our Sunday morning, or I'm sorry, our Sunday service is... A lot more interactive than what you might be used to, so I'm going to request your assistance this morning, and I'm going to ask a bunch of questions, and I would like if people responded to them, um, maybe make me feel a little less nervous up here, and don't, uh, don't worry about being polite and letting the person, you know, someone else answer or whatever, just speak up if you have an answer to the question. Okay, so let me read and then uh, we'll get into the questions I have for you. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it can you hear me? Well, it sounded like it cut out, I'm sorry. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on the stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root. It withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground. And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some one hundredfold. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear, with what measure ye meet, it will be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given." And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. So I started in Mark uh, chapter four, verse three through twenty-five, and the first verse or two there in chapter four is talking about where he, where they're at. Um, I didn't forget to mention this, but he began to teach them by the seaside. It said, which would be the beside the Sea of Galilee, um, probably in the vicinity of Capernaum, but there's not actually a distinguishing location given for this particular uh, parable, other than by the seaside. And uh, just for what it's worth, it is really amazing to be there and see some of that. Um, You know, here in the States, we're like, wow, this this is really old. It was built 100 years ago. But there... It's like um, 2,000, 3,000 years. And it's just amazing. It's hard to it's hard to really uh, comprehend sometimes, but, um, I wanted to point out one thing in relation to the field, or I'm sorry actually it doesn't talk about a field, but the area where the seed fell, um, it's f- fairly mountainous. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Fairly mountainous. I was going to say hilly, but it's more than hills. It's, it's a lot steeper than that. Um, their fields, like this sower was going to sow, may have only been, say, the depth of this podium here because as it, what they would do is the, you have the mountain coming down And then they would build terraces. and So you can imagine this being one terrace, rock wall, and it kind of fills with dirt. And then, you know, down about three, four feet, there's another one. Just narrow little areas. And uh, when it I'm not getting ahead of myself, but when it talks about the stony ground, it probably wasn't like what we think about stony ground here, where there's lots of rocks in the dirt. It's with the way that mountain comes down, the bedrock is actually very close to the surface. So It says that there was no... uh, no depth of earth. Okay, it says it twice. Where it had not much earth, and then later in the same verse it says uh, it had no depth of earth. And basically, there's just... it's very shallow dirt over top of bedrock. So there is nowhere for the roots to go. And... Very little moisture in it. Uh, Yeah, so that that, uh, would be the stony ground. Um, Yeah, hopefully you can kind of imagine that. I was going to try to draw something, and I ran out of time. But then the path uh, uh, by the wayside, that would just kind of be their considered their path through their little farm or whatever up the mountain. It's heavily... Walked by people or donkeys or something. So that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of place where the seeds were falling. Um, if we can keep that picture in mind, I want to back up now. It says, "Hearken, behold, or listen and look." It's like I he's like I really want you to understand this. So what did the sower sow? sowed the seed what is the seed the word we find that in the explanation later on in the, that section of verses the first part he doesn't he doesn't say that but having the whole of scripture we can we know that where did the seed fall okay on the ground, different soils. So after, this, after the parable, uh, kind of between the parable and the explanation, what does, he, what does he tell them? What does he say at the end of the parable? Further past where I was going, but he does say that. Yeah, so he says at the beginning, "Listen and look." Then he says, "He that hath ears to hear, let him hear." He wants people to understand this. He's not just—he's not just telling stories for the sake of telling this. You know. This- made-up story about farming. He wants them to understand this. I, I think it's safe to say that there probably was not an epidemic of people without ears, that he was only wanting those that have ears. I'm, I'm assuming, and I think it would be, the only time I could think of it was Peter chopping off the... The servant's ear in the garden, and I suppose he wasn't doing that yet at this point. So we're going to go with everyone had ears, but some of them were not hearing. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, I'm going to read verses 9 through 13 again. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will ye know all parables? Who who was with him at this point? It's Kind of a trick question. The twelve were. It's funny because he starts out and it says, the Bible starts out with saying, and he was alone. So... But then it goes on and says, and those that were, um, and those that were about him with the twelve. So it, it, I think what it's saying is the majority of the group that had been there for the parable left. There had been, uh, there had been a large gathering of people there, and he was teaching them. And most of them left but some stayed along with the 12 disciples. So there was at least 12, and you know we don't know what number was with the 12, but you can imagine there was maybe another dozen or two people there. Um, I thought it was interesting that... He said he was alone. Um, if, if I called and asked you who was at your house, you'd probably say nobody, right? But your family might be there. I don't know if that's what he meant, but that's what came to my mind when I read it. Uh, why why does he say he's alone? There's There's plenty of people around him still. But in chapter 3, he says my brothers and my sister and my mother are those who do the will of my father so what what did they ask him while they were together yep they asked him about the parable Apparently the other, we don't know how many, the other part of the multitude didn't understand, didn't want to understand. We don't know, but they didn't ask. They didn't stay around. They were gone. But this group that is around him asked him about it. So what does he tell them? read over it a couple times here. Uh, he tells them, "To you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God." He also tells them, well, he says it in a question, I guess, but basically tells them that this parable is the key to understanding all parables. He says, uh, he says, know ye not this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So those two things right there uh, stand out in my mind as making this very important. Um, I think in Mark here, this would be the first of the parables that he gives. And he says, in this parable is the key to understanding all of them. talks about those that are without, not understanding. Who would the without be? Or maybe I should ask it this way. What is the difference between the without and those that were with him? Maybe they were there for the healings they heard about or something like that. The Those that are without. Yeah? Any other ideas? I'm going to change that slightly because it says they asked him about the parable. So I would assume then they didn't understand. But I like where you're going and I'll I'll, I'll take that, and I'll change it to this. They asked him about the parable, and those without didn't. So they, you know, I don't have any idea what they were thinking, but why would Jesus give a parable or give a story that half the people didn't understand? Apparently, his disciples understood something, or maybe they didn't understand that much, but they wanted to understand. They came asking. Let me go ahead and read the last part here again. Um, Okay, starting in verse 14, but go ahead and just listen again if you can. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And and these are they likewise which are sown on the stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty some sixty, and some a hundred. Sorry. <clears throat> and he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? Actually, let me stop there. Stop at the end of the parable. Uh, so he explains it all. He talks about the seed, or talks about the what the seed is, um, talks about the different soils and what they represent. There's one key word in there, I think, that that explains the difference between the three soils. Or four. uh, Yeah, four soils, sorry. Actually, it explains the difference between the three good soils too, but we'll get into that in a minute. The difference between the four soils. Any of you remember? or think of what that one word is. When I finish here, I have a little bit more I want to share uh, personally, and I'll explain why I did some of what I did today. So if you're still wondering, just engage with it, and uh, I'll explain it later. What is a key word that stands out to you in that? It it differentiates the four soils. Sorry? Okay. What did you say? I don't see that I'm sorry, which first okay, could be could be thinking of Matthew uh. <laughs> okay what let me let me lay out a couple other things here so is the seed the same between all the soils okay so if the seed is the same it's not that He doesn't give us any indication about the soils. You know, this one's in the fertile plains or this one's high up on the mountain and not good soil or sandy down by the beach or anything like that. So, it, the only, th- I guess it does say that the wayside was hard, right? No, I... Actually, it doesn't even say that. It just says by the wayside. Um, so it doesn't really explain the soils itself, but there's one, there's one key word that I think makes a difference between all four of them. And you'll find that actually coming out in the 12 and those that were with him. It says, uh, These are they which are sown on the good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. Okay, so uh, this, is for the agronomists in here, this isn't going to probably be a real technical explanation, or the farmers, I should say, maybe, but the wayside did not receive the word, right? It fell, I mean, imagine it fell flat on something like this, and it did not go into the soil. The seed, in order to germinate, takes... takes, we'll break it down to just uh, warmth and water, essentially. So if you put it in the soil, it's going to be, it's going to be warm and have the water. Um, should have maybe gone to Daryl or Randall for a better explanation on this before I <laughs> did it. But we can, uh, we can discuss that over lunch maybe if I had this wrong. Basically, it breaks down to those two things. On top of the surface of the wayside, it didn't get any of that. It might have got the heat or something, but it didn't get the water. It didn't get the being closed in in the soil that allowed it to to sprout. They actually, it, seeds can lay dormant for a long time. They actually, in the last uh, 10 to 15 years, they found some uh, date seeds, actually, in Israel. I kind of forget. Found them... I think they were doing a di- an archaeological dig in an old city and they found them in a bowl or something I, I forget the details now but it they planted them and they actually grew and they estimated based on what they were digging you know the time era that they were from the first century or from around jesus time and these seeds actually grew something um i think they've also found some in the pyramids and king tuts you know, Read about that ever King Tut's tomb, I think. They tried to replant some seeds from there. And you have to look that one up, I guess. But I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, they grew also. So they lay dormant 2,000 years. And when it had the proper conditions, it grew. So the soil of the wayside did not receive the seed the stony ground received it right what was the issue with the stony ground say it again had no depth